Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotner. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry, boy. Look all uh, um, uh, technical goodies. Radio hotner. Oh, cheers, boy. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Welcome to episode 53 of Radio Hot. I'm sorry we've been away for about three weeks. April we 11 have. is the last time uh, we've done one, JP. Wasn't and April the 11, was it? Well, that's what the website says. Anyway, how are you, mate? That bloke who puts that website together is a lie. I'm fine, thank you. I'm Johnny, that's JP, <laughs> and the rusty sausage is on the carpet. Winter's set in, but yeah, we've got a red in our hand. You've got a red in your hand. You've got a, a red beer. I have got a red beer. Well, sort of green and red beer, yeah. Bit of the old uh, Cooper's Larger Than Life. And I'm having a Bethany Shiraz Cabernet. Very nice indeed. Don't yes. mind the old uh, the old Bethany. Bethany top, top drop. No doubt about it. I had a girlfriend called Bethany once. Did you? Did she come from the Barossa too? <laughs> like that wine, she went off. <laughs> so, mate, what That's have you been up to? Why? I mean, why? Explain to the viewers, since we've had a, com- a complaint... A complaint. But, but a friendly complaint about where have you been? And but I, I said, look, the, where the, the shopping hell are excuses. Well, the shopping ex- no, the shopping ex- Well, different sort of uh, scenario there. I mean, I had uh, a family birthday, and that took up one Wednesday. And then, I don't know, busyness the next week. And last week was supposed to be uh, off to uh, Mount, uh, Port Augusta, but that actually ended up happening yesterday and today. It was just a big head fuck. You couldn't deal with it. So it was just... Oh, you can't say that. Headache. <laughs> headache. We're going on an explicit tag. Um, yeah, so it was just all too hard. So anyway, another week's gone by and here we are. We finally did it. So what's news in your land? Hmm. Not a lot. Apple TV's going well. Um, everybody's sort of waiting for developers now to see whether, uh, you know, what gets released. Because we know that uh, Tiger's not going to be released. Uh, sorry. Leopard's not going to be released. Wait, this is not a motorsport. It's a show that revolves around technology. It revolves around motorsport with a little well, bit of right. a sprinkling of technology and a few gadgets. Well, that was barbecue mine. action. And tonight we've got a bit of indoor gar- indoor barbecue action, which we'll get on to a little bit later. We will. The old... That's uh, busher. busher. Busher, busher, busher. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Right. So what are we going to start off with? So, well, I don't know. I think we should probably go back a couple of weeks and start talking about Targa and Pukakoi and stuff like that. Well, if we go to Targa, and that is probably the most distant memory. It um, probably is. And it incidentally, started off Sorry, very can I just well. interrupt two seconds? Yep. Targa coverage by the mainstream media this year, particularly, I reckon, was total crap. It was just not touched on anywhere. So... Uh, Whoever you are, if you're listening to anybody who organises Targa, uh, get the press releases happening and get the interest up in the mainstream media, will you? Because I logged onto the website to try and keep getting updates, and I have to say the website's pretty useless as well. Um, and, yeah, it was just bad news. Yeah, anyway, well, I mean, you know, you, you do want a very important information, like who won the event. Mm. You, know, you don't want it to be on the front page. or anything That's right. Like I that, challenge anybody know. to go to the Targa Taz website right now as you listen to this, targa.org.au. Yeah, targa.org.au. And actually find the finishing results if you're not 
uh, a media accredited person. But I'll give you, I'll give them one thing. They did have live updates going on there, where they had like it was like a, a blog, or they, I think they would have been like, um, they would have been um, mo blogging, as you say. Mm-hmm. So they're using a, uh, a, a wireless connection to the internet on their mobile phones. To that point, they were being able to to deliver some some decent information. Anyway, so literally one, one, and I can't even remember whether we we touched on on uh, Alan Simonson's um, opening round of Monza, of Le Mans at Monza, where he uh, came third in the G2 category and would yes. have probably done much, much better. But the pits were all clogged up. Yes, the we pits did. Were all clogged we touched up. Okay. on that on the last show. So, so, so Al Basin got on the plane, came straight back into, ta- into Tasmania, um, arriving on the Tuesday to do the prologue, or was it the Wednesday? Well, anyway. I mean, he arrived on Tuesday, prologue was Wednesday. Uh, no, he must. He couldn't have. Got, oh, anyway, look, he got straight into into Melbourne, straight down there, and did the prologue event, and was fastest in the prologue. So led, um, went into Target Tasmania, seated as the fastest driver, and, and after winning the two tarmac rally events earlier in the year, Lake Mountains and Tango, uh, the up and downhill run at uh, Lake Mountain and Rally Taz, um, and he was a, a bit of a bit of a favourite. Yep. End of day one, he was leading eight seconds from uh, John and Jason White in the Lamborghini Gallardo. Yep. But to come day three uh, on the fourth stage, I can't remember the name of the damn thing, he, um, they, uh, a little off. A little yeah, off. Nothing too major, but it was enough to do, derange the front of the car somewhat. The, the damage wasn't major, but when you are pushing at this level, by the time you get the car back to Park for May where you can work on it or the service point, Really, you know, what's the point of running at you know fifth or sixth or eighth? Eight, that's yeah. right, because he was giving, you know, it wasn't he wasn't a case of he was driving centre of the road. It was is all or nothing. Yeah, yeah. But funnily enough, that two kilometres down the road, like within a few minutes, the White this, boys who inherited the lead, John and Jason White, yep. who were had been in second place, yeah, um, uh, they came unstuck as well. They did indeed, and whether that means they took their mind <laughs> off the. They mind off the situation. <laughs> yeah, whether they were busy going, oh, 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 we got past him. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a it was a tough piece of uh, you know a, a tough thing to swallow for for Alan and co-driver Ben Cersei. Um and um, but they were out of the event pretty much from there on in. And then the lead was inherited by uh, by Sullins, yep. who uh, and went went on to win the event from Jimmy Richards and, and Tony Longhurst, who took the. The, the third and final podium position. Yeah, Longhurst from, was in um, um, Subaru, yes. He was. From yeah. um, Kevin Weeks in the other uh, Superlock Lamborghini Gallardo. Yep. Um, it was a bit interesting to read the uh, response from Alan about what actually happened on the corner, and he had a bit of a chat to me, and so well, we put it out, and, and, and to the viewers who have read his, um, his uh, comment that... Uh, the pace notes were fine. We arrived at the corner at the right speed, but the corner was too tight, and therefore <laughs> there, that was the end of it. Yeah. Well, let, let me explain to the viewers that what happens in Tasmania, because it's quite cold there in the mornings, and and the, the corners are, are, are not happy getting up early. They, they curl up into a little ball, and you know, you've know got to get a bit of sun on the corner before the corner turns You know, from a, from a three into a five or a six. And so, you know... That, that that is the actual explanation that the corner yep. was having a snooze. So when it and was, it was a cold morning. When it was wreckied, it was a five, and in the event, it was a three. I couldn't have put it better. So yep. no fault to yep. Alan. Yeah, and uh, just silly corner. Oh well, yeah, they just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> 
<laughs> so um, Alan uh, flew home, and um, that was the end of that. And I actually trotted over to Melbourne on a Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, for a bit of a surprise uh, visit, just to cheer him up a bit because he was uh, not, a bit not a cheese. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, he was he was cross with himself, and I, and, mm. and look at the end of the day, viewers, he, he probably went a little bit too hard, too fast. But so did the whites, and they sucked themselves in. And day two is not the hardest day, but I'm not the one driving it. True. At that speed. So, and I think Jimmy Richards was also suffering a bit by having chosen the two wheel drive Porsche yes. this year as opposed to the four wheel drive that he had in other years. But it seems to be, you know, <laughs> if you've got four wheel drive, you've got something else to go wrong. So, <laughs> anyway, we had a, uh, a very uh, pleasant uh, pleasant evening there. Also, caught up with a, uh, a new um, uh, addition to the Hot Lap Talent program, ah. uh, Amber Anderson, who did very well at Bathurst. Incidentally, Viewers, don't go to amberanderson.com. Go to amberanderson.com.au. Although you can drop the AU off if you want, and it's an interesting site. Why is that? Why is what? Why is it? Why are you telling the the viewers? Because you know the viewers are going to go to amberanderson.com now. Yeah, but they've got to go to amberanderson.com.au to see the new addition to Radio Hotlap. But if they're interested in amberanderson.com, well, no, 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 there's then, nothing on that, you know, that, that, that website just, just reflects what we're doing so far. But there yeah. isn't, no. And there you go. I just there'll didn't be want an, there'll to get be mixed an, up. There'll be some announcements in the future. Anyway, if yeah. you... If, yes, it's unfortunate that amberanderson.com is a porn site, but then again, that brings a few people in to have a bit of a look at it. But fear not. I've got a tip for your viewers that if you if you find a website that you you know you, you think it's a bit boring, well here's an option. Go to www.pornolize.com and type in. Make sure you select English because it'll default to German. And type in the website address of, of the website that you like or you don't like, and it will automatically porn your website for you. <laughs> so and that on that basis. There can't be much difference between the two websites. Well, yeah. It's, if it generates traffic, it's got to be good. Anyway, well, well, while we're on the subject of Amber, Amber's joining the Marcus Sakanovic, Alan Simonson, Jack Ilsgood Hot Lap Development team, and I think I'm absolutely thrilled to have her it's involved. Great. She great might news. not be. But, she you know, having a girl on the team is better than, than looking is. at those three blokes, and I think it provides some diversity, yeah. and she's done very well. But very well with um, with her production car program, and yes. of course, you know she's struggling for a budget. And she's also racing the, the Porsche Park nine uh, four four in in a, a lesser series, but has big plans to uh, move to the V eight Ute category next year. Is that right? Has already tested uh, Damien White's Ute, and oh, uh, cool. there are some other offers of V eight Utes uh, coming up for her to test. And let me tell you, viewers, she won't be down the back of the field if she's got anything to do with us. And there's a few people there pretty keen to see a female in the series. And Absolutely, and I'm yeah, sure as all the boys, be. all the boys would be happy as happy as Larry to have her there. Yep. Up until she gets in the car, and then they want to want to shut her off. <laughs> I'm sure she's right. And there will be bloody women drivers. Never mind. And don't you worry, she's a very analytical uh, lady, uh, uh, a lawyer, lawyer? Uh, yeah. by uh, by profession. So uh, don't try any uh, any sneaky um, uh, manoeuvres, or you could find yourself in a suit of some kind. <laughs> As in not a racing suit. <laughs> As in a lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> not a straight jacket or anything. Right, anyway. Oh, look, while I've got there, I've just... Oh, here we go. I, I, it hasn't gone out in the public yet, but you can have a look. This is uh, Amber's new uh, artwork coming up that's uh, coming online. She's had a bit of a look at it. And yeah, looks cool. Once we get the photo of her with the glasses off and a smile on her face, and we'll actually uh, tell what she looks like. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. we're looking a bit like Fearless Fly there. They have big sunnies. <laughs> She'll be listening to this. I didn't say that, and it wasn't me. That was JP. Yeah, but that's okay, because I haven't met her yet. She'll just smack me when she sees me. You You've are. got another one there, anyway. too. Well, yeah. well, who's, who's that Melbourneian Wally? Oh, yeah, that's the okay. Melbourneian Wally. He's only allowed to drink 7-Up, because Marcus Akanabek is a teetotaler. And um, he's a... Yep, that's his new design. And he's a nice bloke, and it, that looks fantastic. I like it. I really like that. Now the, the, this is the, this is the one, this is the one that uh, won't probably be going out to the, the public because we've got uh, like an absolute Miss World down the bottom and Marcus is going well geez every time you put press releases out with Miss Worlds down the bottom of my stuff I get in trouble I said well who are with he goes well all these girls and I said yeah but like you know what's going on he goes well nothing I said well what are they getting upset about that's right so, exactly no I like that that's really good well done James yes yeah, so it's a bit of an mm. urban grunge it style. is it's definitely. Grungy, but it funky, it looks good. and this is yeah, and, and this is not, not too girly. No, it's not. Indeed. So, so after that event, after that event, we went to we went to Puket Koi. Alice, over to you. All right. Well, so interesting round. Very interesting round. Of course, the the biggest amount of what could you call it controversy. Who controversy? Whatever. No, I like controversy better. Well, why don't we start about what went on in the race first? Well, do we have to? Well, I thought. Well, I thought it was a good race, and yeah, I lo- I, I'm race. sorry to see Pukekohe go because yeah, it's I a really too. fast track, and yeah, and like coming onto that that left hander before you come onto the <clears throat> the right hander before the straight where everyone sort of tends to go off white. It's pretty bumpy stuff, and you yeah, really start real... to see the supercars working. I suppose there. it's 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 a country track. I mean, it, it, it's sort of I mean. From our perspective here, it, it's really no more than a sort of a glorified upmarket Malala in terms of you know, it reminds the layout me of Lakeside. And the history and yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Lakeside's probably a good, comparison. which I believe is could be coming back online again. Is that right? But we sort of digress to Queensland. Okay, let's not do that then. But no, great round, um, good result, I suppose, for the um, for the Toll HSV team. Um, I don't say I suppose. I shouldn't say that. That's not. That's a bit derogatory, really, isn't it? Uh, no, it was a good result. Um, Look, GT ah. drove brilliantly, didn't he? He had yep. like, a string of wins in mm. the West. He had two coming in there. And uh, obviously we get on the controversy of the third race. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a bit... No, silly. you can't it take it away from Tanda. He drove a brilliant, uh, well, brilliant three three rounds and uh, and won the round and uh, and good on him for doing it because he, he did drive exceptionally well. And, yeah, despite the position, despite the, what happened in the, in the final race and, and you were watching it a little bit more closely than I because I was out in the, the, the boonies and didn't have any sound, but I did see that there, there was, you know... A, a couple of safety car periods, yes. and 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 there was like well, was complete debacle taking Kanto's car yeah. off. Yeah, just seeing like one 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 hook after the next didn't work and wasted some time. But I didn't realise what was going on there. But you did. Well, and then after the event, um, well, um, basically the race was cut short by seven laps, um, and everybody blamed Channel Seven because they were locked into AFL coverage, so it had to finish on time, and. Um, VASA basically said, "Well, all right. Well, we're just going to uh, we're just going to pull a result uh, seven laps in, uh, which they did. Um, and since then, everybody's been whinging and moaning. And you know, this is what we said was going to happen because you know it went to Channel Seven, and Channel Seven have got AFL commitments, and you know it's not the coverage we're used to. Blah 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 blah. Uh, I notice in the press this week, um, VASA have basically come out and said." 
well, it's it's actually our problem, not Channel 7's. We decided to uh, pull the race seven laps early. Um, we knew there were, that there were issues, but supposedly they're going to be um, issuing a uh, like a training video or whatever to um, to all future uh, races to uh, race directors and um, and marshals etc. And the whole idea is that they'll build a bit more of a buffer into the uh, into the race program to allow for any unforeseen events. I mean, there's always going to be crashes, there's always going to be safety cars, there's always going to need to be tow trucks. Read the back of your ticket, viewers. That's there, right. Says, Motorsport is unpredictable and dangerous and you never can expect it. You know, you don't have a crash, mm. then they're bitching a moment that there wasn't a crash and there is one and then they go to the bitching a moment that yeah. hasn't going on. I mean, what do you want? So, but well, that's the way it goes. So, look, so, hey, yeah, the, the, they, they just took too long to clear it away. It's really the, yeah, the, really the upshot of it. Was, that's right. you know, And if they can fix that and they can put a little bit more of a buffer in there so that they've got the time that they know that it fits into the TV time slot, and if it finishes 15 minutes early because there aren't any crashes, wonderful. They do a few more interviews. You get them. You get them after the event, after the podium, uh, in the press conference. If it's running tight for time, there should still be enough time to see them on the podium and then finish the telecast. So that's right. And if it had happened a couple of years ago when it was raining, well, you know, Greg Murphy would have jumped out of his car, got into the helmet jet boat, pulled the thing out, and, and had a bit of a go. But that would have caused a problem with Russell Ingle, who would probably want to go for a bit of an offshore race. Well, he probably he would. He might. Talking to Murphy. Oh, but did he have a license to do that? We'll have to get on to that later. But anyway, well, yeah, yeah. Should. Look, and just, just to finalise on that, I reckon, look, VSA is not, not to blame about all this look they try their hardest to provide all this stuff because if they want to orchestrate that and there's this stuff in the in the rags about like you know you sold us out like hello get a grip you yeah. know like if they weren't for them there wouldn't be the sport in the first place so like be grateful you got oh, look, it all. the, the sports come on in leaps and bounds and it's right. all down to those guys and you know if, if they've done the deals and they got the tv coverage and everything so else it's unbelievable people criticize it, when they're not paying for a damn thing it can't they, go smooth as silk every time that's right so just write it off to experience, guys, because uh, it can only get better. That's right. Boom, boom. And it was and a bit of a spectacular there. And mm -hmm. Dirk Clysmith managed to take all the shots. I think the last time he had a good set of shots like that was David Coulthard. Oh, yes. Um, flying through after running, running up someone in the um, McLaren. Yep. At uh, the start, finish line at uh, AGP. Four years ago, See, like be that. Four, yeah, it would be four or five. And he's been, oh, yeah. I need a good shot. I need a good shot. Anyway, good old Dirk. So yeah, right place, right time. It took a week. Got auto action to get it in, but Motorsport News managed Inst to get it in early. Yeah. Ah, and that's where a bit of a segue. Oh, <laughs> a segue. I have to congratulate Motorsport News and, and especially editor Grant Rowley for yeah. their vision in bringing out um, Motorsport E News. Uh, and I don't know if you. Oh no, we had a bit of controversy about that on the last show. Look, about whether yeah, it was yeah, going to work, I mean, whether it use... wasn't. Da, 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 da. Wait, that you will appreciate. It. I'll let you. I'll send you the link. You can have a look at it. Blah blah blah. Um, that, but it that, look, it's out on time. Yep. It's it's good. Do I want to spend the energy on printing it out? Absolutely, I've got a colour printer, so I'll, I'll I'll do it. It's using Acrobat technology. Good. It's very very cool. Um, there's a few little technical glitches, but like the point is, they've got the content, they've delivered it, and they've got some embedded a little bit of video last week. It was Lounsy going, hey, meh, meh, meh. and then this week it's, 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 it's Jason Richards with his dog, Fluffy. So it's good. Guys, got to be congratulated, and um, yeah. Well, it's all, it's all hey, good. anything that moves moves the sport onward and move the technology onward, you'll be able to good. catch up to the technology at Hotlap. Well, you never know. 
Oh, now, hey there. just to get back to Pukakaui for a second or three, I did see a photo in one of the rags, I think it was actually auto-fiction, of um, Murph and, uh, who was it? I think it was Richards. Um, digging up dirt in, where's it going, Hamilton? Where's the street circuit next year? Uh, Hamilton. Hamilton, yeah. Uh, at a, an event around the streets of Hamilton, yes. which is about, you know, uh, less than an hour south of Auckland, which are, are modelling themselves on the um, Clips of 500. Clips of 500, Why that's you? right. Yep. And, and that's they what they're saying. Is, website for them knows what they're doing. Hamilton, is it going to be Clips of 500 or is it going to be Canberra? And uh, interesting article, viewers, have a <laughs> What's read. What's the weather report? <laughs> well, the weather report's probably more Canberra than it is Clips oh, of 500. No. Well, the GMC <laughs> Grizzly Medi cut the 400, which debuted in Oh, man, did we freeze? Or but did it was we good. Freeze? It was good. Oh, you it's have good. never seen a race, viewers, where suddenly there was no one at a race meeting. <laughs> 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 it, was, it was 2000, because mm. we debuted. The, uh, the company there with, the, with Rick Shaw in the RX7. Yep. And, yeah, uh, right. and printed all the posters and handed them all out. Over, overheated, viewers. overheated of being a bit of a toss, but thank, hey, and uh, credit to Rick Shaw because he came eighth and Tarby. Well done, Rick. Good on you, Rick, and, and James yeah. Parrish alongside there. Good. It's, it's good. That's fantastic. Do you know that Rick's taken that car to Nürburgring for the 24 hour and he's been working on it? I don't know if it's the same car, but he's working on it, working on it, working on it. And he's done a few few trips over there, but this year yep. he's going, I'm going to do the full assault on uh, Nürburgring 24 hour, which is the second weekend of June, the yeah. 9th and 10th of June, directly between the Le Mans 24 hour test day, which is on Sunday the 3rd of June, and the mm. race on the 16th and 17th of June. More about that later. I thought you were going to segue into the uh, Le Mans test day on the 3rd of June, but you've got other stuff there. Rustling papers. Okay, well, what are you what are you rustling? Mate, have you got anything else that uh, you need to, to talk about? <laughs> you mean motor racing-wise? Well, yeah, we'll go on a bit of motor racing later, but we'll... Yeah, well... I mean... Well, right, I've got, well, I got so something... A little look, bit of tech. What no, have you got there? It's like a receipt. i got a receipt in the mail mm. um, from uh, Teaser's uh, Riviana. Who? Uh, Jesus, Riviera. Where's that? Luke Street, Cape Town. Cape Town? It got sent to me. and uh, But it's not my bill, but uh, I wouldn't want the missus to see it. Staff, Michelle. And uh, the bill's uh, quite high. Uh, <laughs> 9,146. Rand? A rand. <coughs> so uh, we, we start off um, looking down from what we're on this bill. Uh, don't ask any questions. I'll just read the bill. 24 Amstel still lager. 264. One Pussycat, 20. Four Tequila Gold, 72. One TD Amanda, 165. Whoa. 10 Coke, 200ml, 80. 11 Dance Private, 6,050. Very private LD belt. Well, look, if you go down here, obviously, I think there's a couple of boys out having a bit of a night. Sounds like Thirsty it. Thirsty boys, too. Was this and, um, um, Amanda, Val, Tina, Emma, Jennifer, Yana, Angelica, Tiffany, and Ivy are involved. And, um, and well, Michelle looked after the bill. Plus, a, a rump lazy age, 500 grams at 93 rand. Now, a total bill of 9,146 rand that you would really not be happy if your missus or your wife or anyone well, no, didn't like right. you going to these So who faxed it to you? I can't tell you about Someone that. incognito. But um, further, further, um, further uh, investigation has revealed that the place 
is I've had a look at the website, I've registered, and if you all want to have a look in, you can log in free, no worries. Just go in at rust at rustysausage.com with password rusty sauce, R U S T Y S S O S, and you can have a look and see what's there because you can't have a look unless you log in. <laughs> oh, but the website is, uh, well, you have to find the website. It's uh, Teasers, T E A Z E R S, Riv, R I V O N I A. If you Google that up, you'll find it down there. Click, 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 and you'll get there. But further reveal, revealed by using the Apple online calculator, which keeps its country current, currency rates. Yes. <laughs> which updates them as, was as that, long as you no, tell it, it was to. a very reasonable 93 Rand stake at $16.60 Australian. Right. And I thought, um, you know, considering Amsterdam Lights are only $4.71. And um, the girls were 50. Like, oh, 50 is not too bad. Damn. Yeah. Good. Sounds like I, I don't know how we know that, but uh, well, uh, yeah. off you go there. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like fun. So, what's going on? Oh, Techland. Techland. Where do we start with Techland? Just a little bit of tech. We don't want to be too techy. No, we don't want to be too techy. You're right. Well, you know, Apple's been doing security updates and stuff like that, and we've got 1049. Um, Get to the interesting bit. What about the sixteen no... mega, the sixteen gigabit flash memory chips that have been made, and suddenly Apple's going to produce a laptop without a hard drive. It's going to be all flash memory. Yeah, well, so is Dell. Yeah, yeah but we're not talking about Dell. Well, no, we're talking about tech. So that well, includes Dell, both Dell, Dell and Dell Apple. could deliver. Well, possibly. Now, interestingly, on Dell, while we're on the subject. I read an article today that said Dell may actually move to a retail model and actually appoint resellers because they figure that people can only buy online and it's not enlightening the user experience. You mean they so, think that people want a bit of love. Exactly. And they think that people want other people with brains to actually show them how to work the damn thing and what it can do because they buy it online and they've got no friggin' idea. So uh, that's an interesting play. Um, what else have we got? Oh, Sony are in the poo. Now you don't Sony hear, are in trouble. You don't often hear of Sony being in the poo. Oh, <laughs> well, yes, you do. Well, yeah, with batteries. Yeah, they've got, they got a PS3 yeah, that no one wants to buy. Got, it doesn't have a rumble controller because they couldn't get the licensing sorted out. It's wireless, which means everyone loses it. <laughs> you know, like that's the worst thing of a wireless mouse. You can't find it. I remember when I had a Wacom tablet I'd take with a pen to the 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 pub. The pen to the pub and then lost it and had to buy a new one. That's right. Or you went to sign a check with it and it wouldn't write. I like to be tethered in a race car, that's why I can't get lost. <laughs> but anyway, they're in they're in the poo for something entirely different. Because apparently in Europe they had this promo for uh, this new game that they've got, the God of War Two. Which runs on uh, PS3, um, and it, the original God of War were uh, was apparently one of the most popular games for PlayStation 2, and they had this event in Greece somewhere, and uh, the review I read described it as bacchanalian, Bacchan the bacchanalian nature. There were no sirens involved. Well, there were topless women, apparently, feeding guests grapes. <laughs> close, close to sirens as you get. And, um, and a headless goat. Mm. You can't beat a headless goat, Yes, it's not 
good. Yes, this launch of this product, uh, maybe they got a little bit overly creative and uh, had probably spent a little bit too long in one of the uh, the nightclubs with mirrors in Ibiza. Um, come back to realise that the uh, the game would, uh, which featured topless women dropping grapes at the, at the launch, there were topless women dropping grapes in a guest's mouth. And games would include throwing knives at a target and pulling live snakes from a pit with their bare hands. All right. Yeah. Why didn't we Sounds get like an invitation? Yeah. Among the games, to test the bravery, reaching into the guts of the freshly sorted goat with its head dangling from threads of tissue and eating what looked like animal intestines, but was actually Greek food. <laughs> Personally, I've never tasted anything different. I don't like those Dolmatis at all. So, you know, and suddenly you're married. Apparently, and it was soup. Fresh Greek soup. How do you put your hand in? It must be chunky soup. It must be very chunky. Greek chunks. Yeah. Anyway, so they obviously made a bit of a mistake there. Because they were going to publish photos in the Sony... What's the magazine? The PlayStation magazine they bring out. The Sony PlayStation magazine. Yeah. Well, all right. In there, apparently, subscribers got it sent out like about three or four days early. And it got put to animal rights act- activists and all this sort all right, of thing. Alright, well Google or YouTube that up. What do we want to be and, Googling? Um, the, uh, the God of... What is it? It's the God of War 2 launch, Greek launch party yeah. photos. There you go. Anyway, um, and on and this And they'll occasion, be there somewhere. Here's the statement. I'll read it out. On this occasion, we recognise that we fell short of our normal high standards of conduct and apologise for any offence caused, Sonny said in a statement. We are conducting an internal inquiry into the investigation and event of the order um, after dinner was shared. Well, that's the end of that. And the 80,000 copies of the PlayStation magazine were all recalled. How about that? What, electronically? No, manually. What? What, what did they send armed guards around? Wouldn't you want to keep them? No, Sony Corp learned of the event and recalled the entire 80,000 edition print run. There you go. So if you've got one, hang on to it because it's going to be very rare soon. Now I've run out of I've run out of dates, but like dates. Did, did we ever? Did we give um, Will Power a, a pat on the back for winning? We did. All right, we did. Okay. Well then, there was a filthy French act of sabotage. Ah, oh, this is ensuing. Ensuing yes. at the next round yes. at Long Beach. Uh-huh. Because it was uh, for some reason Sebastian Bourdais had been deemed to have done something illegal and was uh, robbed of his pole starting position, which meant Will Power started there. But into the chicane, right. the tosser just went straight through. What the Frenchman do? <laughs> yeah, what do you expect for a nation with its only with its own TV standards? <laughs> you know, although having said that. I'll be very nice to them because come June I'll be spending a fair bit of time over there. You will, in Lamont. With a very nice transporter I might have. Mm. But the pits still smell of urine. <laughs> if I'm not cleaned it up, I haven't been there since 2003. <laughs> <laughs> They've smelled like that forever apparently. <laughs> urine. <laughs> Uh, big crash a vu in uh, uh, the final round of A1GP mm. with, uh, with Ian Dyke, uh, you know, racing incident being on the inside coming into first turn um, at Brands Hatch. And uh, mm. well, like we got the summer to fix the car. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, he's a good steer and he's done very well. He is, um, he's done it exceptionally well. Well, met his parents a couple of years ago, well, less than that, at a Japanese restaurant in uh, Melbourne at the Grand Prix. Uh-huh. 
can do. I don't remember you telling me about that. No, I don't tell you everything. Mm. You've been around, you've been to my shopping centre opening. Oh, shut up. What have you got there? I've got other things. Other things. Oh, that's a bit sus. Now, I've got, it's not sus at all, but it is a little bit of technology. And, um, we're gonna have to, you're going to have to describe this to the viewers, okay? So, on the first page here, this is a little bit of... We have a Chinese man uh, sitting, sitting in, in front, front of something that like looks a, like a block of wood with, with, with some pens. Five pens or five cigar tubes embedded in it. But they've got clips on, so you can clip them in your pocket. Right. And what are they? Look closely. They're pens with cameras in them. Are they cameras or microphones? No. Oh, cameras. Wrong. They're more interesting than that. They are robots. Robots? That reflect the new future of laptop technology. Wait for it, JP, even you'll be amazed. Ta-da! Look at that. It's projecting. It's, it's not projecting. a camera at all, it's a projector. That's right. It projects. This little device projects not only the keyboard, but the display from either end of of the pen. Far out. <laughs> yeah, there's a photo here, viewers, though. I'll try and sort of describe it. And it, it's got this same pen. Uh, but the pen looks like it's two pens. And it's got a, one's, light, it's got a light in the arse. One's a projector, and the other one's um, projecting the keyboard onto a, a black tabletop. Moving on a little bit more. Oh, right, okay. We'll start to see a little bit more. Now, yeah. I don't know how we're going to get this stuff up on the website. Bluetooth. It's just come out today. Oh, so it's a virtual keyboard and. What's that, a palm or a... Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. So the palm's actually uh, sending out a picture of a keyboard. Okay, so think of a think of an LCD or like a TV proje a projector that you have on the roof. This is bright enough and it fits in the top of a... something about the size of a Havana cigar, a thick Havana yep. cigar, and it has the ability to sort of like have a tripod that opens out on the bottom. So the top of the cigar... Um, uh, sort of opens up and it projects light out, and that is a projector to you know. A and screen. it projects oh, the size of about. It's looking like about a fifteen to seventeen inch screen. And, and we're not going very far. Obviously, mm. it's just desktop sort of sort yeah. of use. And there's probably some medium that you have that you hang up there that sort of works with it. Um, just but, on the, a white but wall. the other end of it, it projects down a it projects down a keyboard onto a surface obviously maybe there's a mat or something you put down there yeah. and then it can see exactly where you're moving your fingers on that mat it's all bluetooth technology and uh from hmm. <laughs> when you think about it it's, it's very interesting it is it's a bit scary really especially when you look at things like solid state memory right so there you go uh, that uh, ad, uh, adventure came to us courtesy of uh, the uh Melbourne business development manager, none of them, Mark, the Mark genius Brian. Brian. Oh, amazing genius, he is indeed. Yeah. Now, dinner's coming up. Is it? Yes. Shabu Shabba. <laughs> In excess of his first album. No, it's not. Um, tonight is, uh, we're having an indoor teppanyaki barbecue, except there's no teppan, 
No, it's, it's just Yaki. It's just a, a big bowl of stock. Yes, viewers, we have uh, we have the indoor. You must have gone out to a Chinese restaurant and they put the little burner on the table and the liquids and all the sort of stuff in there, and you and you dip your meat and your carrots and onions and mushrooms. And I think the Mongolians and are big on that, aren't they? Don't you go to the Mongolian? No, Mongolians, you have to China. hand it to the man on the shield, right? And he goes and cooks it for you while okay. he's sweating profusely right. in the background. And you always do very small servings, so he has to do yep. more of it. Yep. So this, this is what we're going to do tonight. A bit of a, a bit of a roadie. Shabu shabu. A bit like sukiyaki, as the Japanese would say. Or an upmarket oriental fondue. So, what's going on in the world of motorsport? In the latest news, and we can confirm today, that, uh, just since the press release went out today, that Alan Simonson has, has won himself a plum drive in the Le Mans 24-hour... Yes this year at uh, La Sarthe Circuit in France. He has not had a chance before to drive the 6.8 kilometre circuit um, simply because you have to be invited pretty much by a team and you can't yes. just enter, you have to have some form of entry criteria. The the, pro the prototypes generally get in but as you move down from the, the, the first and second level prototypes to the GD1 and then the GD2 GD cars, yep. they um, will, will cut off the entry list there everybody wants to do it but winning a championship in the Le Mans series is an automatic entry uh -huh. Alan last year raced for the Orlando uh, team yep. in the 78 car with um, Gunnar Christensen uh, the other car the 76 car was uh, fielded, by, fielded by a Joel Kamai uh, how am I trying to say this Come on, <laughs> I thought I had it right the other day. Anyway, and Mark Lieb, who won the, the championship, and, and Mark Lieb um, is now uh, piloting um, one of the cars with Xavier Pompidou, uh, as yep. we mentioned previously, in, um, in uh, GT2 in the 2007 series. So, Alan has been invited to join um, Nielsen. Lars, yeah. uh, Lars uh, Eric Nielsen. Yep. And Pierre Earhart in the in the the car, which is currently being run by those two in the Le Mans series. So it's a bit of a twist because you see, so Alan's actually competing, competing against them in, against them in the Le Mans series, but in the actual Le Mans twenty four hour race, they all get with to, they all get together, and he gets out of his Ferrari and he gets into this car, which is run by Farnbusher, and it's now going to be then run by Autolander. So who for, drives his Ferrari? Well, this Ferrari does not run at Le Mans, at Le Mans. 24 right. hours. Okay. Gotcha. And a further twist, his co-driver, Rob Bell, um, who was with him in the Ferrari, Related the to Le Mans Derry? series, no, is, uh, is, is being brought back to drive in the privateer panels LNT Esperante um, at Le Mans, which incidentally won last year GT2 yes. by beating... The, the Porsche, Porsche of the, the two Auto guys Land. that Alan are yep. joining after they had a gearbox from the 78th hour. Now, is that a bit of a twist of faith? It is. It's very faith, faith, uh, spooky it's and difficult to understand, actually. But there you go. Unless Hopefully we've explained it well enough for you. Unless you're a media genius like me, you'd have no idea. Oh, oh or Crusher. Crusher? Well, Crusher. Mm. Crusher's, Crusher's, tour, Crusher's doing tours. He's tours? Like, yes, you can... You can Sign up and, and go for a tour of NASCAR with Crusher and Is that right? World of Outlaws or something like that. And I think you can even get a special request to sit in the front of a plane with Crusher and yeah. eat nuts. 
Okay, nuts. And can you get Marcus's autograph? <laughs> Look, it's only being offered to pit lane. <laughs> Look, it's great. Oh dear, when did you find out about that one? Well, you heard it first here, viewers. Crush travel. In crush. <laughs> Tony Bullymore told me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> A man who was upside down in the head. You've end. got to be joking. <laughs> you know, 20, 10 years ago, yes. he was doing a round-the-world race in a yacht. Whitbread. The Whitbread. Yes, right. And he decided that his boat was going to turn over. Mm. He said, turn over, roll over. And one little one said, and the one said, roll over, and move on next level. How's that go? Shut up. Anyway. And he, anyway, so the boat was 1,500 k's off yes. and 2,000 down from yeah. Perth. Thank and it was God a bit for of a, our Orion. But he had, was lucky. He had one of those new Apple Newtons with the handwriting. <laughs> and he's going, help. With a wireless connection. Hot, help, I'm at latitude. D I'll try it again. Help, I'm at latitude one foot. Help, I'm at latitude. Fucking Newton. Anyway, that's why the Newton. <laughs> and they went, yeah. it's not yeah. that they knew where he was, it was just so much data coming out of that spot in the sea, they went, look. <laughs> better get down there. Yeah, right. I thought oh, there was a submarine down there yeah, sending yeah. sonar signals <laughs> out. There is some problems with the European nation. Oh dear. Oh, stop eating chips, JP. I'm not eating chips. You're a uh, you noisy bugger. Now, I'll, well, there's an interesting point. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Forget it. What? I had a talk to Linda the other day. Oh, you did? I did. And she's very happy. Well, and she, she apologises for that she hasn't been able to be on the show, and we were probably a bit hard to give her, quick to give her a, a, a bagging. What's this we giving her a bagging? Well, you I was were quite quiet. You were right on the show. No, I was not. Anyway, there is there is there's a rumor. There's a rumor that possibly that uh, maybe she'll be sitting in a rally car again because someone that sits in a seat that she might sit in mm -hmm. is overly heavy. Oh, really? But yeah, having got uh, an ass kicked last year from Mitsubishi, we wouldn't want to say anything about it. No, we wouldn't. It's going to be in a Mitsubishi, other than it, Linda's overly light, probably. So, therefore, good idea. It was half the Linda mm. to the weight of the not Linda. She could probably buy that specially made um, co-driver's seat off of Mitsubishi and take it with her. And they could be considered girls as both girls. Mm. So, there you go. Interesting. I don't... I'm running out of things to say. I'm just running out. What do you got there? I've got stuff. Well, get on with it then. You know, you've been away three weeks, yes. and you come here with virtually nothing. Well, that's the story of my life. Well, you'll have to pull your socks up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> really, you're, you're the one that's meant to be doing all the research of all the... Oh, well, I've got heaps of oh, no, time no, no. to do that. I, I, I'm, not ask, I'm not asking for excuses, I'm asking for results. But you're the kind of person that has all that little fine detail about, you know, like the historic, this, that, and the other thing. I can tell you, though... That um, my mate Rob, he's off to we're off to Europe, off to, off to Europe. I've got the 962 and the transporter and the Lola oh, really? 270. And he went to me the other day. Oh, he said, "Is the GT40 put, fixed yet?" No. And he said, "I put my, my my 997 road to turbo road car in." I said, "Oh, would you take wood to the fire, mate? Why would you take it to Europe?" He said, well, "I was driving down the road from Caloundra the other day, and like you know, I went through so many speed cameras at 100 kilometres there. I went, 
this is the most deluxe car I've spent so much money on and I can't drive it. What's the point of having it? I put it in the transporter. So it's it's the local so you can do the autobahn. It gets the baguettes for That's the right. Very rapidly. And now I've been designated like head chef. Oh really? So yep. Yeah, so you're gonna cook heads. He's going to be over there doing some stuff at, in Silverstone at the end of May, and yeah, I don't cool. think I'll be able to make it quite that early because there's other conflicting things. But he said, Well, that's just not, not an excuse. I'm going to have a cricket match, and I need someone to bring out oranges match. at quarters. <laughs> quarters of oranges at quarter times. You don't eat quarters of oranges anymore. Where's he been? Well, he's Scottish. Oh, well, they probably, they probably still do in Scotland. Okay. Well, what do you mean? What do they do? What they do now? Okay, well I'll tell you. Well, Mitch plays little, soccer little... every Mitch plays soccer every Sunday in the in the uh, um, what do you call it uh, in the league? Um, blah blah blah. They generally they they chew on like lollies, like snakes or something that's high in glucose, um, bit of a sugar fix, but not too much, and that gives you apparently a lot more energy and is a lot better for you than eating oranges. What so about... oranges are out. What about bananas? Nice slow release food. I remember racing enduros all the dirt bikes. Oh, you bananas can eat bananas. Good. Eat can bananas for breakfast. For eat deal. bananas for breakfast, but have snakes at half time. So there you go. Or jelly babies, or anything along. But those if you lines. want the ultimate energy fix, you talk to Ben Cousins. <laughs> Instant gratification. <laughs> Look, now he's know, get... I'm going to say something about this. Now the media's been told to uh, lay uh, off uh, Ben uh, Cousins. Well, I tell you, I'm not the media. I don't care anyway because <laughs> I don't follow the. But I just go. Look, I don't give a stuff about what the guy's done, but he waltzed back into town with a very, like, I don't give a rats about anybody looking, I'm better than the world. True. And, um, did, don't you think that? Don't you think That's, that, you know, he's, he's certainly his pushing body, that impression. His body and, energy. And, and then he and wonders why the media's yeah, on his back. Yeah, 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 I'm just, yeah, yeah. my yeah. shit don't stink. Yeah. So Can you say that? Well, whatever. So, whatever. Well, Subaru is struggling, apparently, in the uh, WRC again. Um, World Wrestling Championship. Yep, World Wrestling Championship of rallies. I think they're trying to get ready for uh, Rally Argentina, and um, there was a test day, a very rare test day, um, and Atco's not going that flash in the car, and they're trying not to bag it too badly, but uh, look, the car the was good last between, year. Now he's got a uh, complete change yeah, of. So you know, he's got to come up anyway, to speed we'll with his confidence with the new the new co-driver. Who True. is the new co-driver? Um, yeah, Darren was even tipped. Well, Dale was with, um, uh, what's his face, um, you know, the dwarfs who were always on telly, um, at Target Taz in the Mini. Do you know, I just realised that we haven't really got anyone on the phone lately. We've been so self-absorbed, we've forgotten oh, about yeah, everyone. You're right, we oh, should get right. someone on the phone. Who are we going to get? I don't know, let's see what we can do. I'll just put it on pause for a minute while I get someone on the phone. Well, uh, like I said, we've been very um, self-absorbed. We haven't been able to talk to anybody except ourselves, but I thought we'd get someone on the phone. We've got Marcus on the phone. Hello, mate. Hello, guys. How you doing? I'm um, good, thanks. Marcus, how are you going, buddy? Yeah, not too bad. Just uh, relaxing here. What's a bit of Big Brother, actually? A bit of Big Brother? Oh. <laughs> You're not wishing you were in the house, are you? Uh, you'll notice they're drinking Coopers. Bloody good sports, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> So, mate, uh, tell us about how the year's gone, because we really haven't spoken to you since, uh, I think, the end of day one at Clipsal, and that was just pretty much, uh, you know, the, the dark clouds had rolled in. Yeah, 
The first race at Clipsaw 500, you started 20th and you were 10th by the end of the first lap, so we, we definitely can uh, discount that you dud, dud at starts. Uh, it's just, about, it's just <laughs> about keeping the pace through the race. Well, if, if we're going off race one at Adelaide, we need to keep the bumper bar on first. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> that would be the handy start. But, uh, no, look, obviously being the first race meeting of the year, we were sort of... I think it's the... I think spending the... Uh, time in the ute doing the reverse grid stuff and helping me with the traffic, that's what sort of gave me my good start, but uh, obviously just sort of lacking a bit of pace, being all new to it all, um, just sort of let me down a little bit, but we're getting quicker as I uh, get more time in the car. Now you've got a new engineer that's come on in the in the last race, tell me about uh, how the, uh, the relationship's going there and how you guys are, are working together to improve the car. Personally, Marcus, have you done any testing at Winton in in the Fujitsu car? Have you been allowed test days? Uh, I have in, in with the with the testing rules for the Fujitsu, which is it actually happens to be the same as the uh, the Level One boys. The problem that I've got is I've had one test day prior to Adelaide, but since Wakefield, I actually don't have the tyre bank because you can only test on the tyres that you get given at a race meeting, you can't actually buy tyres to practice on. Right. So I've only got my tyres left over from Wakefield Park, and because in practice at Wakefield Park I struggled with uh, turn one in the very early stages of the weekend, I managed to destroy a few tyres with flat spots. Yeah. So the tyres that I have left in my tyre bank, I have to save them for the practices at the race meeting. So I haven't been able to test as yet before this round coming up. So... Bit of luck I can come out of out of Winton round with some with some tyres, enough to do some testing before Queensland Raceway, which would be rather handy. Okay. Mate, uh, moving from the V8 Utes where you were pretty much free to do what you wanted with with a race car, to a category where you only have six test days a year. How do you keep your hand in? Um, because I think you you, you would be the the, the greatest um, uh, exponent of. of 
keeping your bum in a seat. drive the Commodore Cup car at the Bathurst International Motorsport Festival um, along the supercar style? Yes, well, also too, when uh, Phil came across to give me a hand with the supercar, he actually brought a, his guy that does data, who does all the computer and motec work, his name's Aaron Benny, and uh, I spent some time with Aaron at Bathurst just looking over some of the data from my motec system in the Commodore, and just making sure that my style of driving was If I was um, a betting man where I was standing in the media centre at, at Bathurst um, at Easter uh, and the first race there where you came down on the inside or rather the, the long way around at Caltech's Chase <coughs> challenging Christian de Gostin, there really was no room for error on, uh, on, all, uh, on all sides there. It could, have, could have all got very messy. Um, a lot of the press and including myself would have saw that thought, well, mate, you're, you've got some big kahunas there, so hopefully that will transfer trans, uh, transfer to the Fujitsu race uh, in the penultimate race of the series. Yeah, well, that, that was the main reason why we sort of headed to Bathurst. One, obviously, because you can't ever get a chance to sort of practice around Bathurst, so any sort of miles you can get there is is good miles, and second of all, it's, it's Bathurst. I mean, who wouldn't want to race there? So when Commodore Cup got the got the opportunity to go to Bathurst, we were the first ones to put our hands up to go there because it's just such a great track. And also, too, that we've got the uh, race meeting there, obviously supporting the, the big guys at the 1000. So just to get there and go around Bathurst is great, but to actually have a win there also was pretty awesome too. So I'm really looking forward to actually uh, driving my supercar around Bathurst in October, which should be great. Yeah, I bet you are too, mate. When you when you say that you you're driving the uh, the Commodore Cup car more like a supercar now, does that mean you've actually softened off on the uh, on the damper settings and stuff like that? Because just looking at when the last time I saw you driving the Commodore Cup car versus say an average supercar, uh, the supercars look a lot lot softer, especially on the rears. Is is that 
does that sort of translate? Like Commodore Cup cars look like they're a little bit stiffer all round, and, uh, and you know, and and they don't roll as much or whatever. Well, the, the problem that you have with Commodore Cup is, it, well, not so much a problem. It's actually a sort of one of the great things about the class is actually all the suspension is controlled, so you can't actually change a shock or a spring in the car. It's just a matter of trying to drive it sort of similar to a supercar. Right. Um, the good part about a supercar is you can actually change everything on the things. You can actually make roll center adjustments. You can make anti-roll bar adjustments. You can make uh, shock, spring, also any adjustment that your mind can actually think of, you can <laughs> adjust it on a supercar. Whereas on a Commodore, you can't. But the main the main style of driving a supercar is they're very they they have such a great braking capacity, and they have and they have plenty of horsepower. So they're the two main strengths of the car is braking deep and trying to get the power down. So once you can sort of get that style down pat, you can um, you can drive them fast. You can drive them really fast. So, um, yeah, to sort of trans- translate that driving in the Commodore yeah. is what you need to do to get them, obviously, to go fast. So. Well, you've been driving a few Holdens this year, but uh, when you went to the Australian Grand Prix, Everybody thought you were a target, mate. You didn't put the advertising on the car, and they just hated you. You came back with, with I think, the uh, your shoe was only the thing that didn't have a, a bend in it. <laughs> well, it's actually funny enough you mentioned the Grand Prix. That was actually a first for my racing career. Three last places. <laughs> was well, that right? But did, did you, <laughs> how do you like the way that the Holdens work versus the Fords? <laughs> well, uh, it, it, it's actually a credit to the category to get two cars. Uh, now that I've actually driven a Holden, I can actually compare the two now and, and say with with um, obviously how how different they are. But to be as different as they are and to be on the same pace, it really is a credit to the guys initially who have designed the cars, well, designed the category and got them parity pretty much to get them in line together. Like it's quite funny the Falcon sort of being an old style leaf spring. Um, solid axle and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's you, you would think that it would be sort of very tailly car to drive. But in actual fact, they're actually quite an understeery car on the way in, and then they can be quite twitchy on the way out, being the Ford. So it's because of the the solid rear end with the leaf springs makes it quite funny. But the Commodore, you would you would think is a lot better sort of on the way in because the independent rear. But in actual fact, it's quite loose on the way in. It turns in quite well, but then once you try and get the power down, it's, um, it gets the power down good and sort of takes off. So it's kind of a, like the Ford's got its strengths and the Holden's got its strengths, and then whoever which, whoever drives each car, you just sort of have to use the strengths to, uh, to your advantage and try and get quick times out of the car. Mate, as the uh, current uh, and reigning but non-competing V8 uh, Ute uh, champion... How do you see the, the new breed of people that are, are, have arrived in the, the championship this year and uh, do you think that it needs a, a little bit of a spice up maybe with some female characters? Oh, look, you can never knock back a female character, Johnny Boy. Come on, mate. You haven't changed, Marcus. I, I think uh, there was a, a female sort of that had an attempt at the V8 youth a few years back by the name of Daniela Gura. So I think obviously a female's touch in the category would be quite quite nice to see. I think away from all the brute drivers of the actual V8 U2. So 
But um, no, I, I think obviously with myself and Damien and a few of the other guys moving on from the category or not returning for this season, it sort of opened the door for some new talent and some new faces, which is obviously it's always nice to have someone new, someone different. So I think it'd be nice to have a, a female face in the, in the VAU paddock, I think. Well, it's funny that you happen to, to mention uh, Danielle because uh, she teamed up with um, the new face of Hot Lap Talent Development, uh, uh, Amber Anderson, in the Thrifty Salika, and, and they all did quite well. And Amber's um, made a bit of a, a gesture that she'd like to get into to V8 Utes. So, like, you know her, her on-track capability better than mine. How do you think she'd fare? Well, I, I think in the sort of initial stage of maybe like the first couple of races, Definitely, it's definitely a big learning curve to drive a Ute compared to a sedan, and especially a front wheel, front wheel drive Celica, uh, to a rear wheel drive V8 Ute. Um, well, she does drive them. The first couple of races, it'll take a little bit to find her feet, but I think she's a good enough racer, and I think she'll get on top of it fairly quickly and start to show, show up some of the boys. Yeah, well, she's been in a Porsche 944, so uh, that would hopefully uh, set her up a little, a little bit better than Celica. Yeah, well, the, the thing with the Porsches, I think it's a left-hand drive one too, so that might be a bit different. It is, yeah, that's yeah, a right. drive car. Yeah, yeah, that would be different. But there she is, she's got a rear-wheel drive car and a front-wheel drive car. So, you know, where do you go? Do you decide to go Holden or do you decide to go Ford? Is it a bit of a case of, look, if I was a dirt bike rider, I like I like my, my setup loose, I'd go for a Holden or if I'm more, more of a traditional sort of driver and I like it to, to point and steer exactly where I go, I go Ford. Yeah, um, well, it's sort of, I don't know, I mean, obviously Ford, the, the, the BF was a good enough car to, to, to give me a title, so, I mean, I'm sort of talking new, so I'm probably slightly biased to the Ford, obviously, because I've done so many miles in it, and it probably suits my, my driving style, or probably better yet, I've actually learned to drive that style, but it's pretty much just um, a matter of, obviously, a vacancy where you can get a seat, because of Yeah, and then you're about. And that's what being a professional driver is all about, isn't it? I mean, you adapt yourself to the car. That would be wonderful if we could produce a, a Danica Patrick or, or you know, someone to yeah. as a crowd like that. Probably Leanne Tanner would be the standard, um, yeah, you know, in, in, in Australia. Mm. So, Leanne's quite a handy driver, so oh, totally. So, um, just looking further afield, mate, I, I, you've heard uh, you've had a few um, whispers to me that you might like to do some stuff overseas, and in fact, you were even offered a, a drive in the Le Mans series at Monza, but some other commitments uh, force you to be able, not able to be able to take up that seat. Now that um, uh, your good friend Alan Simonson has got himself a Le Mans 24-hour drive and, and a permanent gig over there, how are you thinking about uh, your move to doing some one or two off events in Europe? Australian to go overseas to Europe and, and race with like the home of motorsport, you know, like 
whether it was, it was where pretty much it was born and bred, it was over there, it'd be just, I think it'd be fantastic, and I'd love the opportunity uh, to uh, to go over there, but uh, just at the moment, it's just obviously my fujitsu commitments are just sort of tying things up a little bit, but uh, I'm sure there'll be some free time for me, hopefully, to sort of head over, hopefully I can get another offer good enough to what I got just for now for the round one of the Le Mans series, it'd be good if I could get another offer, and hopefully I won't have anything clashing at that stage where I can actually go over and, and, and compete, so... I'd love the opportunity to race at some of the, the, the world-renowned tracks, you know, like Nürburgring or Monza. That'd be fantastic, and hopefully I can get that opportunity again. I'm definitely excited about doing something over there. So. Mate, there seems to be a bit of a resurgence in sports car racing even in the country here because uh, the, the announcement in the last few days that John Bow will be returning to sports yes. car racing in the um, in a Lamborghini Gallardo um, at, at Queensland Raceway and uh, John Case is taking delivery of one of the um, European FIA GD3 um, uh, Aston Martins. That's it. Really shows that the category is coming of age, and whether whether the category can overcome the the parity ruling that they have to do, which which is definitely uh, only in this country, um, you know, by adding weight and ride, changing ride heights and, and limiting RPM, it, it has all the possibilities of bringing Nations Cup back and, and even more. Yeah, well, I think I think it's definitely a, a, a good series and a good class, but, um, and definitely having a name like John Bow come back, which I, I hadn't heard that, so that's, that's great news to see that John's coming back to have a steer in, in a Lamborghini especially, but um, I think if they, like you said, if they sort of have the, if they sort of follow the rules of Europe, maybe, you might even get some European teams come out and compete in our series. If it's if the series is identical to what they run over there, I'm sure it wouldn't be too much of a hassle for some European teams to come out and try their way against the, the local Aussies here with the, with their cars. So who knows? Absolutely, and after you saw the relatively uh, the success of the the uh, the Bathurst 12 hour um, that uh, Bill West and Craig Denyer put together from a category management point of view, I thought it went very very well. Obviously, they were uh, hoping for a few more numbers, but having seen what what was possible, people will be there in numbers next year. And you know, all I can think is that um, maybe maybe Ross Palmer will uh, get an itchy foot and want to uh, bring the 24 hour back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'd be great for the uh, great for the uh, for, for, for motor racing in general, but particularly for Australia and, and you know to get to get that sort of stuff back again. And there were yeah, definitely some really good international teams coming out for the last one. Yeah, definitely. Like obviously, Bathurst being a, a great track that it is. Obviously, they need to get it on the world circuit again. And I think the only way they can really do that is if they have a twenty-four hour event where they can get you know like. Now, mate, just before we go, because um, I, I, we, we're running out of time, but uh, but just to recap, like last year, winning the Commodore Cup Championship, uh, V8 Year Championship, being nominated for the Australian Personality Motorsport Personality of the Year by CAMS. Um, the previous year was Craig Denyer, and before that was uh, Craig Lowndes and Marcus Ambrose and Simon Evans. Mate, that's a, a wonderful group to be in. Uh, Auto Action readers. 
voting you the uh, the National Drawer of the Year, I believe. There's now another one just come up uh, in the last 24 hours uh, from Victoria. Yeah, I received in the mail yesterday a uh, nomination for Victorian Sports Star of the Year Award, which was... Fantastic. Which was quite a big shock, but um, nevertheless, pretty excited to be nominated, so... Mate, absolutely, and if you can't win that, move to, move to like, uh, Tassie, because the numbers are less, you know, and you know, like, and I think that like, like Marcus is gone and he's not a Tasmanian anymore. If that don't work, King Island, and you get some good brilliant steaks down there. Well, let's just hope that the local, the local people from Sunshine uh, get behind a, a local Western Suburbs boy and support him in the uh, in the Victorian Sports Day Award. All right, Absolutely. Mate. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time uh, out of your your big brother show, but mate, you know, it's on at one o'clock, two o'clock. Three in the morning, you know. It, yeah, keep an eye on like someone's on taking their gear off somewhere. Yeah. And that girl in the purple, she's nasty. I saw her hiding the cutlery. <laughs> Not that I was watching it. <laughs> All right, mate. We'll speak to you soon. Cheers, Marcus. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, mate. Bye. Thanks. Enjoy. See ya. Bye. Bye. Yeah, you still a okay. cake? Yeah, you're right. Well, listen, um, we we better get on to some dinner because uh, mm. during that phone call, Miss Bruce Vegas came out and actually gave us a bit of a hurry up, saying, "Look, well, I'm I'm not going to eat your dinner, and but that's all right because it's only meat, and she don't eat meat." So, blah blah blah. Anyway, viewers, well, thanks yeah. for listening. Yeah, thanks, viewers, and uh, hopefully we'll see you next week. I'm not opening any shopping centres next week, so we should be all right. We'll be okay. We will. We'll see you next week. Viewers. Okay. Thanks for listening. Cheers.